Fans, welcome in once again to another edition of Play by Play along with the illustrious Kent Lowe. I'm Chris Blair and our producer Harrison Valentine on hand here at the luxurious LSU Gold Studios. And Kent, it was uh, it was a great weekend. It is a uh, great week to be strutting around as an LSU fighting wow. Tiger. We'll start with uh, the big game at Tiger Stadium. Uh, number seven Ole Miss comes and um, as it's been said many times, uh, their dreams died right there in Death Valley. Uh, on I've Saturday heard that evening, or... yeah, that, I've heard that too. Uh, just an excellent game uh, for LSU. It was a national stage on CBS, and you know, for those people who thought maybe that Florida game was uh, a one-off or an anomaly, uh, wasn't the case. LSU played extremely well. Uh, got down early, but hey. By this point, we shouldn't panic yeah. when that happens. Our team uh, shows up about 20 minutes after <laughs> kickoff. Uh, 17-3, they're down to Ole Miss. Uh, and then, uh, you know, as Coach Kelly said, they got a little more aggressive on defense. The offense, which I didn't think played particularly bad to start no. the game. It's just that Ole Miss was able to go down and get some points early. But everything started to, to really click. And then uh, just Jaden Daniels, another spectacular game at quarterback. Um, using, again, all of the weapons he has on the outside. Running game was good. I thought the offensive line held well. And then defensively, this is unbelievable. Patrick Wright gave me this stat in the final moments of the fourth quarter. And he said to me, and this is how it works in the booth, you don't want to say this yet, but if this score stands, use this. So he gives me this stat. Mississippi State, we all know, got down 13 to nothing here at home. Down 17 to nothing at Auburn on the road. And as I said, 17 to 3 to Ole Miss early in that game. In the second half against all three of those teams, LSU has outscored those three opponents 59 to 3. That's with two shutouts. That's throwing two shutouts in SEC play in the second half, one on the road and one at home. And, oh, by the way, it was against the number seven team in the land that also was leading the SEC in third down efficiency, didn't go so well for the Rebels on Saturday, and also one of the leading rushing teams, the leading rushing team that struggled to run the ball against LSU's defense. So uh, we could sit here and throw stats out. It it was just a a dominant win for LSU. Yeah, it really was. And the way LSU played down 17-3, to and you're thinking – and uh, this looks like it's going to be a little struggle, and then you look up and it's like seventeen all, you know, and you're you're just you know right in the thick of the game, and you're getting the ball to start the second half, and the adjustments this team seems to make at halftime is what impresses me, and I think you saw a lot of what you saw in the Florida game. So if you liked what you saw in the Florida game, I did. You had to love this. I did. I mean, yes, we all did. And so this really is just a, a team that right now seems to like themselves, like their coaching staff. Their coaching staff likes their players and rotations right now. And things couldn't be better as you move the calendar in from October to November for this program. Absolutely. Coach Kelly said it. October's for pretenders and November's for contenders. So uh, it'll start with, uh, as we learned earlier in the week, night game under the lights, Saturday night, Death Valley. It'll be LSU and Alabama. And 
Ken, it's going to thank it's gonna be lit. I want to thank Tennessee and Georgia for being good enough that CBS wanted them for the 2.30 game. It should be, uh, it should be something else here on campus oh that gosh, day. Yes. Uh, and we got some time to build up, yeah. so uh, pace yourself, Tiger <laughs> fans. Uh, but again, solid win. LSU now moving to uh, an impressive 6-2, and 4-1 uh, and one in SEC play right there atop the SEC West. Great and, call, by the way. Well, uh, Sunday we had, uh, or Saturday, I had a chance to – Listen, because I had to sneak out early to, to be on the road, but uh, enjoyed listening to you guys in the booth and Gordy on the field Saturday. Well, thank you, and I was glad you were there at least in the first half to make sure that press <laughs> box is operational. Nobody's getting out of hand. So, hey, uh, it was close a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about uh, some other big ones. Uh, we'll start with uh, LSU volleyball. I had a chance to watch this uh, on Sunday, and, you know, we've talked about how many, um, what is it, five set matches yeah. that uh, LSU has been in this year. And, and, and they've played well, obviously. The record says that. But they were able to take care of business uh, on schedule, as they say, yeah. against South Carolina at the PMAX. It's a big win. I don't know if anyone knew how to react when that one only went three. Because Wednesday night, when they split the first two with Alabama and Tuscaloosa, I'm like, uh, this one's heading to five. I, about an hour and a half later, here we go. But LSU won another five-set match on Amazing. Wednesday night. They're up to 28 now in the RPI. So they're really putting themselves in very good position here. And there's still uh, a month left in the volleyball season because they play that double round robin. So there's still time to go. They've got Mississippi State, I believe it is, uh, this weekend saturday and sunday afternoon so uh got some big matches coming up just need to keep winning and just keep taking care of business especially at home and uh they'll be in great shape here as we head into november yeah again i was looking at that schedule looking ahead as you said uh mississippi state i believe uh, on the 29th at six o'clock and then i'm looking I think it's towards... one o'clock sunday i believe Maybe. I'm looking for it, looking for it. Looks like they still have the South Carolina one in there, but we'll take your word for it. So, again, a chance to see uh, the Tigers as they continue to do just phenomenal against first-year head coach, former Tiger herself, Tanya Johnson, who has been a guest right here yes. on Play by Play. Soccer, it's it's becoming crunch time. Uh, we're headed down the stretch here, um, you know, again for Coach Hudson's team. I mean, what uh, what's kind of the feeling going into this week? Last home game, senior night, Thursday night, coming up at the soccer pitch. And then the SEC tournament starts on Sunday. Now, uh, right now, they would play on Sunday uh, with the way things stand right now. They haven't had a lot of success scoring goals, but they haven't given up any in the last three matches here. So, I mean... They're tying a lot of matches, and I think this is where, Chris, the the rule change has really come into effect this year, and whether it would help or hurt LSU if they played overtime this year, I, no one knows, but, I mean, six ties this year, so they are picking up points along the way. They're right now, I believe, eighth in the seedings if the tournament started before Thursday's matches, but... A win Thursday, maybe a win in the first round of the tournament, and LSU is in that mix 
to be one of the 32 hosts for the first round of the NCAA tournament. So they're, they're also trying to cement their position because uh, this is it. The regular season ends Thursday, and then we're into the postseason very quickly. Again, it will be uh, Ole Miss and LSU at the soccer pitch here on campus, 6 o'clock coming up on Thursday. Women's basketball, little exhibition, hoops. I mean, we've said it now for, what, two or three shows, Ken. I mean, it's here, basketball's yeah. here. Once practice starts and, and you get moving, I mean, basketball season is 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 here, and, and we'll have basketball. Hoops at the PMAC coming up, Mississippi College. Uh, on Thursday, Kim Mulkey starting her second year here. Um, that one's going to tip off at 7 o'clock, and we get our first real taste. I know, exhibition, but, yeah, you know, the rules are in, uh, are in yeah. play uh, of women's basketball. That's right. Uh, and two Thursday nights in a row, they will play uh, exhibition games. And then on the 7th is their opening game. And uh, tickets – for the non-conference games, both men and women, go on sale this week uh, for the November and December non-conference games. So be sure and uh, check lsutix.net and go ahead and get your tickets. And if you still want season tickets, you can still get those. But get involved with these two programs. I think you're going to like what you see. And uh, get involved and come out and watch some basketball here when we get in November. Yeah, no doubt about it. I think both teams are going to be awfully exciting to watch on the floor, both men and women. So, again, coming up, uh, women's basketball exhibition game against Mississippi College this Thursday at the PMAC at 7 o'clock. Before we wrap up our first segment, by the way, coming up, special guest Dr. Lakeitha Poole, who is an assistant athletic director here at LSU, handles uh, really the, the psychology department, mental health aspect of our student athletes and coaches. She's going to stop by, which will be interesting to talk about. Uh, but do we got to hand out some uh, individual awards don't want to get away from football just yet three tigers and i've said this i'll go on record and say it now i think there's been tons of time in my seven years here where lsu just did not get the awards they should have gotten on a given week um not the case that just unanimous they take three uh, of the awards this week Jaden daniels offensive player of the week harold perkins jr freshman of the week and makai wingo who to me up front you know, with the loss of uh, of Mason Smith early in yeah. the year, I think the job that Makai Wingo has done and continues to do, he picked up uh, co-defensive lineman of the week in the SEC. So congratulations Good. to all three of them, as well as the Tiger football team. And then we've talked about her a bunch on this show, Ingrid Lindblad. She's uh, on the watch list for the Annika Award. No surprise. Yeah, no surprise there. Uh, this is the final watch list for the fall. They'll update it and begin cutting it down in the spring. But uh, watching some of the, the college golf that's been on the Golf Channel, this is a good year for women's golf. There are a lot of good players, a lot of good teams, and uh, I think it's going to be very interesting when the spring comes around. They've got one more tournament uh, Halloween weekend to conclude. The men are concluding their fall schedule uh, this week as, as we uh, tape this. And so uh, kind of wrapping up the fall and getting into the spring uh, when it all really counts. But uh, great to see her being recognized for her continued play, the number two women's amateur in the world. Impressive. Well, as I said, we've talked about her a bunch already on this show. And Kent, you know, keep our fingers crossed. If the bosses and our ratings come in and we get renewed for the spring season, I imagine we'll be talking about her uh, even more on play-by-play. Yeah, but, exactly. Uh, 
You know, we 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 were guaranteed the fall. Now let's see if <laughs> right. see if they pick us up yeah. for the spring thirteen week renewal. <laughs> see if we get picked up for the spring edition of uh, LSU Gold. Well, um, again, love the shirt by the way. Oh, Harrison thank you. noticed thank that. You. Yeah, yes, that's uh, nice colors and uh, Augusta National. The nice. home of the uh, Augusta National Women's Amateur that she was second in. That's last right. Year. Yeah, is that where I you guess, got the shirt? Uh, well. Um, a certain sports writer in town who happens to work for our sponsor uh, covers Let me it guess. every year. Uh, Let me guess. Okay. I yeah. know who you're talking about. <laughs> well, that was nice. That was nice. I'll have to get in his ear before he heads That's down right, there again. That's right. Exactly. All right. Well, we got more coming up. As we said, Dr. Lakeitha Poole is going to join us, our guest this week on Play by Play. So don't go anywhere. It's all brought to you by our friends at The Advocate. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back, everybody, on this week's play-by-play, again presented by our friends at The Advocate, and it is uh, great to have with us, as we told you, Dr. Lakeitha Poole, who is an assistant athletic director. I want to get this right, oversees LSU sports psychology and counseling units. So, uh, Dr. Poole, first off, thanks for coming over and visiting with us, uh, because this is a fascinating piece of, of what I think is an athletic department and certainly coaches and student athletes. And it's, uh, as I told you before, one of those areas that in the last, I guess, five to 10 years, we're hearing a lot more of. And it seems like athletic departments, LSU no different, really uh, making it a, a focus, big focus in, in the overall holistic approach to collegiate athletics. That's right. Thank you so much for having me to talk about this. But yeah, you know, we love to think that we're ahead of the curve a little bit in thinking about what this looks like to prioritize it and to make it something that feels normal, actually, for student athletes and then coaches and staff also to utilize us too. So it's a pleasure to be here to talk about it. You know, you hear coaches all the time and and Kent and I both have worked with some and they make it a very high priority. And Mm -hmm. again, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, there may have been a few out there, but yeah. it seems like now it's it's a big part of, you know, the practice, the physical part of, of being a student athlete, but now the, the mental aspect of yeah. not only just the games and practice, but just life in general. It's becoming uh, kind of a, a mainstay that everybody really is, uh, is, is locked into. Yeah, one of the things that I tell folks all the time is you have your brain with you always, right? <laughs> so whether you're an athlete, sometimes, a staff, sometimes. right, sometimes, sometimes <laughs> I don't either. But it's the idea that that's the part of you that, you know, us as clinicians, we can't train somebody how to be a better gymnast or swimmer or football player, um, maybe to an extent if we played a little bit, but the, the game is different in all those areas. But I can teach you how to think intentionally about using your brain to you know improve your skills to think differently about recovery um, to get through injury and so our goal is just always to make that as easy as possible while making sure that we're also educating along the way because we don't have our athletes forever it seems like uh these days and, and having been here a while things have changed over the years for what student athletes have to do but it mm-hmm. It sure seems like their lives are busier than ever here in 2020, in this decade, because, I mean, you know, not only everything that happens with coach with coaches and working with coaches and practice and all that, watching videos all the time to get ready for the next match or next game, but, I mean, then there's all your academics – study halls, NIL is all involved in this, you know, being good in social media seems part of a student's life these days. I mean, so, I mean, 
it just seems like it's a whirlwind that never ends for the students yeah. in any sport. Yeah. And I mean, in, in all ways, and you named all those things, but then there's just life, right? right. Like they're 18 to 22 years old trying to navigate having roommates for the first time or cooking their own meals or being homesick. And so um, I do think the pressures have, you know, tripled, if not quadrupled, in what it looks like to be a student athlete now. Um, and because of that, you want to be able to feel like there's uh, some inroads to how to do that better. And again, it's not perfect. Sport and performance is not necessarily the, the key to winning it all, to getting both the championship and knowing what you want to do when this is all over. But it does fit in there. And our goal is just to help make that as simple and as plain as possible. Dr. Lakeitha Poole, our guest this week on Play by Play. And you know, before coming to LSU Athletics, which I believe this is your seventh year mm -hmm. on the athletic side, you have experience on the campus side. And of course, yeah. you've got tons of experience even in private practice to this day mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to psychological health and mental health. Yeah. But that experience being on the campus side, you know, how did that help you again when you talk about you got all the things Kent mentioned for a student athlete, but yep. there is life and there is college. Uh, and relationships and new places and new towns. How did that experience being on the campus side really help you to just make that smooth transition to be more focused on athletics? Yeah, it definitely helped to make more plain for me coming over to this side of campus what things our student athletes sometimes forget for themselves they, they don't think about. And so um, spending six years on the other side of campus first and having the opportunity to think about all the things that you know our student athletes maybe miss, right, because of their schedules, not because they don't want to be a normal college student, um, but like we just had homecoming. And I think about the fact that like many of them, either they are, had competitions, they had no idea that there is a concert that happens every year in the PMAC, you know, and, and that's a space that many of them are in every single day. Um, and so, you know, I, one of the things I always tell some of my athletes when I'm meeting with them individually is you go to school with 30,000 people and you maybe meet about 500 of them, which is the other athletes and a couple in your classes. Um, but there's a whole world outside of, you know, athletics. And, and so our goal is to obviously help them prioritize their world of athletics for now, but also to remember that there's more out there. And I think the better we're able to do that, my prior experiences have helped me to be able to be much more honest, I think, about that. Dr. Poole, you know, you, you say that, and it, it, it triggers me to ask the next question, which mm -hmm. is, I feel like coaches now also understand. I hear Coach Kelly talk about it a lot, about yeah. how important it is away from football. Yep. Now, we know that we all in this business have a scoreboard. Yep. You're the winning or yep. you're losing. Winning or losing. But, but it seems like coaches now also kind of say the same thing you do, which yeah. is, hey, we know we've got to have practice time. We know we've got to push ourselves to be our very best. But there is a time to be away from the sport. And I don't know that that was existent in the coaching business 15 years ago. No, I definitely don't think it was in the in the same way. It may have been a thought, but it definitely wasn't put out there um, in the same capacity where at a team level, you will hear now coaches even talking about not only the socialization that a team should do together, but how are they connecting with other people, having other life experiences? Um, because like I said earlier, we don't, we don't get them forever. And so the goal is that we're also sending out, you know, tigers into the world that are well balanced and that they understand life just beyond their identity as an athlete, but them as a person let me ask you this because i mean your job is so or your profession is so all-encompassing mm -hmm. i guess i would say i mean, florida state grad was it before you got to college once you got to college that this 
interests you and and was something you wanted to pursue? Yeah, that's um, a, a interesting story and a, and a good one. I think that you know I was an athlete all of my life up until high school. Um, I'm from New Orleans, right. and um, I knew I was headed to Florida State. I had always wanted to go there, maybe since middle school. No reason why, just close <laughs> enough to home, but like far enough to also yeah. you know get away. Five hour drive from New Orleans sounds familiar. Not <laughs> bad, you know. Most people pick that kind of option. Um, but my senior year of high school was Hurricane Katrina, so my uh, volleyball season that fall was canceled so I moved to a new town not too far from Baton Rouge actually my grandmother's hometown so sport was kind of done I ran track that was going to be in the spring but we didn't know what was going to happen and so uh, my high school Dominican did reopen and so uh, that spring I was able to go back to school and I had an elective slot in psychology and I had never taken interest in psychology. If you would have asked me back then what I would have grown up to be, I would have said a medical doctor or an artist, which are the, like the extremes in some ways <laughs> of like life. Um, and, and maybe that was somewhat of the New Orleans kid in me wanting to keep art in my life. I played an instrument. I did track, all those things. So I took that psychology class. And uh, it actually helped to make, as, at that time, as an 18-year-old, the experience of what I had gone through with Katrina. We lived in um, New Orleans East at the time. We lost everything. We started completely over. Um, and it made that make sense. I'd never even imagined what psychology could mean. And so that's kind of the moment. That senior year of high school, I knew I was going to FSU. FSU at that time had a great research-based psych program. So I knew I had to pick the right place and just kind of dove in there. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Never would have thought sport would have circled back in my life in this way, though. I think the psychology class I took in uh, high school drove me to journalism or something. <laughs> it pushed you the other way. <laughs> Dr. Lakeitha Poole, gracious enough to join us this week on Play by Play. And Ken, here's something that's encouraging. Because uh, obviously in her job here at LSU, she's, she's focused uh, on coaches and, and the student athletes. Of course, that's all of our mission uh, is to, to make sure the student athlete experience as, uh, at the highest level possible. But she has experience with people our age. And, and, people, and, and, and what I wanted to do- ask you, Dr. Poole, is yes, you're dealing with, for the most part, 18 to 24-year-olds mm-hmm. here on campus. But you know that making it a priority for mental health and enjoying life and taking and making the most out of it. You've seen that with some athletes at an older level, Mm -hmm. a pretty good group of athletes uh, I learned about as uh, she worked with a pretty good team out West. Yeah. I mean, I think it's one of those things that always happens at different levels when it comes to your mental health, your prioritization. And so um, I have had the pleasure through my private practice to be able to do performance work with a number of organizations, teams, different universities and their teams, because they don't, all schools don't have the resource like we do at LSU. Um, And so, yeah, I had a blast last season getting to work with world champion, um, Golden State Warriors. And so Mm. that for me was one experience of a lifetime. Talk about being a kid from New Orleans and thinking about, you know, having sport be removed from my life at a certain point to get to do that. Um, There's no way I would have known last year would have turned out like that, but we hoped. Um, And so recognizing that coaches and players use this stuff at every level and multiple times over. So it's not just a one-time thing. I would imagine, I'm not working with them this year, but I would imagine they're using those same sort of models and thought processes to try to win another one, which is what every sport team around the world, regardless of what the sport is, they do every time they start a new season. That's the beauty of what LSU is doing and many other schools, again, across the country is that they're introducing these concepts Mm -hmm. and this way of thinking 
to 18 to 24 year olds okay. so that they will hopefully use that down the road, whether it's in sport, whether it's in work, whether it's in life, relationships, and on and on. You mentioned from the outset that LSU, and, and that's one of the great things about working here, is that normally when when this department takes something on, they, they don't necessarily copy somebody. They may take some principles, but then yeah. they want to trailblaze. That's right. What are some ways that LSU and your department trailblazing, at least at the collegiate level? Yeah, for sure. We were the first in the SEC to have you know three full-time clinicians. And so I was super proud of that when I first came on as director. That was one of my first asks. You know, um, one, being one person trying to handle 500 athletes is impossible that's tough um, right it's hard so you know I was like I, I don't even need a desk like I need people and so being able to get you know Bruce and Christine here to work with and so we've been a trio you know for my entirety of being um, director and it's just been great they you know are two of the best in the industry as well and so the, the fact that we can you know kind of toot our own horn and say we were the first in the SEC to have more than one person to prioritize to give our student athletes options um, we've split the teams up sort of as the direct liaisons for folks and that helps build relationship it's why our coaches pull us in to be able to you know utilize us for team sports and um, thinking really intentionally about creating wellness and performance plans for our team. So we've led the way in that, and we hope that we continue to. We have an internship program now as well where we're getting clinicians in training who are in our social work and clinical mental health programs here on campus, so at the broader level, pulling them in. Um, and that's something that's unique to us as well. So we're going to keep trying to be innovative, keep trying to find new ways to, to lead the charge. I don't want to turn this into the Kent Lowe uh, appointment session here, but we'll get the chairs out here. Uh, we, could, we could be here a couple hours if I start in. <laughs> Is one of the main things student athletes experience the, the stress of the moment, the, the time management of the moment? What is the, the biggest thing. issue, you know, that you see from – student athletes in general? Yeah, I definitely think it's a combination, but the biggest thing that I think we all see, particularly with either someone brand new, so rookies or uh, people who transfer, is just playing at this level. Um, even if they were, you know, the, the top recruit in their sport from their high school and they were, you know, in the, in the news there and, and all those things, it's hard to step on this stage. You know, LSU has a mighty fan base in every sport, um, but also a lot of support. But that can be a lot to carry when yeah. you feel like it's, it's on you um, to do that. And so part of it is, is just helping them to understand that, you know, you come in and you do you. And, and the more that we can support you in that, we can train and teach coaches to do that from the, the skill set that they have, um, it's okay. You know, and it's not something to worry about in, in the sense of having that be a burden because that is definitely what we hear individually a lot. It's just to transition from what felt like a normal life to driving down Essen Lane and your face is on a billboard. Like that's that's new. That's yeah, different. You yeah. know, um, I would freak out if I saw, you know, my face on a billboard. Um, um, I'm freaked out by being on here. So, you know, I think being able to recognize that these these players come in and um, they've competed already at the top level to get here. That's why we want them here at LSU. But it steps it up a notch when, you know, they get here and they get on that stage because everyone wants to win for those three letters on their jersey. You know, you, you see that, Chris, even in on the practice floor. Uh, in another aspect, because a lot of times, you know, maybe in basketball, the freshman who was the star, all of a sudden those first few minutes of practice seem to happen 
so fast mm-hmm. to them that it takes them a while to understand it's okay i can learn yeah. this you know yeah, and I get think your sea legs that's uh, that when you put that along with the uh, academic side of thing those first few weeks i can uh, just assume would be rather difficult sometimes yeah. yeah and there's lots of you know there's transitions throughout that's a part of the business of sport right coaching changes your your core team of players could change if someone transfers like all of those things while may not be an individual choice for a player it still has an impact and I think um, a lot of times they just don't even know what that experience is like because they're in college for the first time like it's, any of us would it, have been it's difficult I remember my first boss in collegiate athletics his only advice to me was Never a dull moment. And that applies to coaching, (laughs) administration, and obviously the student athletes playing. Uh, Dr. Lakeitha Poole, again, our guest this week on Play by Play. And this was the great news. And I wanted to ask this over in our luxurious green room before we came (laughs) over uh, to start recording here. Uh, I saw a meme the other day. You guys probably have seen it. And it basically said something to the effect of, uh, today's five-year-old can open up an iPad, send an email, and put a social media post up in 30 seconds. And when I was five years old, I was eating mud. And that tells you the type of development that kids today have. And I'm, right. I've got two kids at home, and, and they are way ahead in yeah. a lot of aspects than yeah. I was at their age. And I asked Dr. Poole, I said, do you find that now when students arrive, uh, again, could be transfers, but true freshmen, 18 mm-hmm. years old, coming to college for the first time, that they – at least they know that these things are out there and they ask for help because I got to tell you, when I went to college, we may have had it. I doubt it. But if we had, I wouldn't have known to ask about it. And she said, the good news is that a lot of them are looking for it. Yeah, it definitely is much more um, common to have athletes now come to us, right? And, And come find us and say, either they've worked with somebody from a sports psych or a mental health performance, you know, place. And that's amazing. Um, and, and it's just much more like, normalized if, if if I'm honest I mean I think many of them whether it's using just like the example from the meme like social media has become you know a space where information sharing happens in a matter of seconds yeah. and so everything from TikTok videos to you know Instagram reels to be able to kind of pull the curtain back on what does it mean to seek mental health services normalizing it and then you have professional athletes who utilize those same platforms as well to tell their stories the Kevin Loves the LeBron James you know Michael Phelps like those people Serena like you could pick you can really name some of your top athletes who many of our players look up to um, and and they are able to literally in the matter of seconds pull up a story and an example of how mental health has saved somebody's career and so um, definitely wasn't around even when I was an athlete you know maybe I would have stuck with sport a little longer had I had someone tell me I could be both I think I thought I had to choose like my my athletic identity ended because of circumstance and I think sometimes that happens For some of our players, when you think about an injury or those sort of things, a circumstance happens and they think now they have to choose between sport and the other parts of them. When in actuality, sitting down and talking with somebody helps you realize, maybe I don't. You know, what does that look like to keep sport in my life, but just in a different way? Um, So we we hope we're doing that. We hope that we're creating a space for that. Um, And as much as, you know, I'm not a huge fan of social media because of the negative sides of it and what it does to people's mental health, it definitely is a tool that, you know, we we wouldn't be able to always do our roles without. And and we can appreciate it for that, for sure. Well, I can tell you this, just talking to people within our department, you guys are doing a tremendous job. And it's great to have you 
uh, as part of the athletic family. And maybe down the road we can have you back on here and, and, and maybe Kent and I, we'll set aside maybe an hour. And yeah, maybe yeah. We'll have a full-up we'll session. Why not? Why not? See if, we can, if, she, see if she can't that fix could be, us. That could be real Pull scary. some war yeah. charts and like make it happen. Oh, I can have fun with that. <laughs> Dr. Lakeitha Poole, again, thank you for taking time thank to come you. join us. Thank you for what you and your staff do. And uh, like I said, we'll we'll get you on here again. We'll get a little more anytime. in depth and we'll fix this guy. All for up. Kent. All for Kent. I'll come back anytime for Kent. That's going to do it for this week's show. My thanks to Dr. Poole, obviously, Kent Lowe. We thank you for joining us and our good friends at The Advocate. We'll be back next week with another edition of Play by Play. And until then, so long, everybody, and go Tigers. Ha 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 ha.